0: This is banging on the drum.
1: Welcome to episode twenty-five of Banging on the Drum. Welcome back, and thank you for listening. This week, we welcome Badger football expert Andy Keel, who will be going over spring practices, practices, and replacing Badger players that were drafted over the weekend. All right, Pat and Riley, how have your weekends been?
0: Oh yeah, no, we're crushing it. Keel crushed it on on the thing, so I hope you guys impre- appreciate the depth that Keel is willing to go with on Badger football. Because I think even on like the first episode we've ever had Keel on, it was just like, holy shit! Like this guy's giving me a fire hose of information of badgers stuff, but, but yeah, he really is like top notch badger information. So, so it was cool having him on earlier. I'm hopping in now, but if we're asking how the weekends are going, mine couldn't be going any better. Like I'm in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I, I don't even know how we ended up in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, but it was it was a good pick for our honeymoon. So we're we're at a honeymoon suite there. And and yeah, no, just a very eventful life moment. So I've gotten married since the last episode. So if I have to go with an Oliver, obviously I'm married. Most beautiful girl in the world got that ring. You guys can't chase her anymore. And then, if I had to go with an under, we had to stay in the Dominican Republic for a little bit longer than we wanted to stay in the Dominican Republic. So, we had our wedding, everything went beautiful, everything was amazing. I couldn't even picture a better wedding. Like obviously like I'm the guy in the thing. So I'm just along for the ride. I listened to Mike and Kyle's info. And honestly, Mike, you, you helped me out a lot in my, in my wedding, the be present on the dance floor thing. Such a good call in, in getting married and doing stuff. And I think my big thing was like I was like I'm just not going to have any shame in in what I'm doing. Like I'm just going to do whatever they ask me to do and I'm going to go all out about it. And that paid off like glorious for me. No, I wouldn't say paid off. It made everybody like more comfortable, more willing to dance more. And like I was saying, like the wedding, we crushed it. The under on the other hand is a lot of people caught COVID at, (laughs) at our wedding. And we were, we were part of the crew that caught COVID. We were in the Dominican Republic and my wife was the first one to pop off positive for a, covid whatever like a covid test in like a year at the dominican like they were telling us they're like we never get like positive tests so we ended up having to stay and we quarantined together and then obviously if i'm quarantining with my wife i'm gonna get covid and i got covid and Maybe like on a positive spin about it is like I kind of thought I was like immune to COVID, <laughs> like, but I I definitely wasn't. It hit me like we were quarantined in this room for six days or whatever it was before we had to leave. And man, yeah, I got I got real sick from that. But with that happening, I got to see like. My aunts jump in action. Like I had my, a couple aunts there, my mom, and they were just so good. It, it reminded you of like being a little kid again. And you're like, these are the people who take care of me. And, and I, I had lost that along the way. Obviously, I love my mom, but like my mom doesn't take care of me then when my mom needed to take care of me she did the best job ever like my mom gets a bj on this one for sure is it 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 was amazing like like because we were we were pretty shooken up that we had to stay there like and now looking back at it, like, I don't get why. Like, probably, oh, we have to stay at a resort and order room service every day. Like, because that's what we did. We just stayed in a room, ordered room service, fucked like animals. Maybe that part wasn't true. We farted like animals. And, and, and it was just cool to see. Like, it, were, it was, like, very almost full circle-y. But... A very eye-opening experience. It's like you're gonna need your mom for the rest for the rest of the time you have your mom. And so appreciate your mom. Mother Day's Mother's Day is coming up. And I just want to tell you, mom. I don't think you still listen to this, but I love you, mom. You are a crucial part of that. And We just had the wildest experience in the Dominican, like going from the best wedding to COVID. And now we're in Gallenberg, Tennessee, living it up. So I don't know. I went on a rant there, but it was it was all amazing. Everything happened, happened for a reason. And I learned a lot, a lot more than I thought I was going to.
2: It's it's a
1: perfect rant, Pat. It's a perfect rant and uh, congratulations again. I think that's going to be like probably one of the coolest wedding stories of all time. Like, yeah, get married, get COVID, have to hang out, right? I think that that that'll be all right.
0: Yeah, no. And I, you know, I'm totally cool with it. it. But it was just crazy. Like we were the only ones popping hot on COVID. Like we tried like a couple times, right? Like, no, no, no. Like really check if we were in the sticks were just like glowing. Like when you get a COVID test, I haven't done it much in the past, but like the bar that like says you have COVID was like giving me a middle finger. Like
1: That's the way mine was too. Mine was like, what? Like you swab it, you put it in the shit or whatever, and it like runs up there. It was like one minute, it was like you got COVID. Like it, it wasn't questionable.
0: But yeah, it like kind of reminds me of the song. Like you like find out who your friends are in in a different way. Like I was to a point where. I feel guilty about it now, like where I was like, it's even hard for me to say out loud. Like where I was like, "Ah, no, I'm probably gonna need some of this cut. But like, but like what I would say is like, you know, I don't need my mom anymore. Like I'm a grown ass man, like I don't need my mom anymore. And I found out sure as shit, like it smacked me in the face, like I needed my mom. Like got humbled
2: real quick.
0: Yeah and yeah maybe you don't have to cut cut any of that it was so reassuring like we had a buddy that that drove to our house to take care of our dogs it was just cool to see like it was yeah you felt the love and like love was all around at our wedding like it was it was beautiful 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 highly recommend getting married one day Riley <laughs> take your time um, take your time
2: did you so you for anyone that doesn't know he did a destination wedding would you prefer that over traditional or looking back at it would you do anything different
0: no i wouldn't do a thing different and yeah i i do think it's a good question is like sure if you you stay at home or go to the home of like one of your people like there's going to be more people there but i definitely had like a great excuse to have a destination wedding as like my fiance grew up in brazil and i'm from wisconsin so hey let's meet in the middle in the caribbean somewhere that that was like our first thought about it but it did it paid off like sure like we had quite a few Brazilians there and we had quite a few Americans there and I think like our wedding party including their uh uh significant others was like 20 and then our wedding was like 50 people so I don't know I couldn't imagine it going any better it was it was a good time and now on my honeymoon. Way too drunk to be a part of this right now, but I'm being a part of this right now. So, how did you guys' weeks go? My week went pretty smooth. Uh, So, last
1: week, like every night I was just like running on fumes, right? So, did the podcast, which is fine. The one night a week that I stay up late, not a big deal. Stay up till midnight or whatever. I can deal with that. And then last week I had to edit, and then I think the Bucks game was on on um, Thursday. Like, just every night I was staying up late for something, and by the end of the week I was just crashing. It was tough to deal with. You know, That like that's a pretty mild under to have one week where you're just, you know, a little sleepy when you're at work. Not sleeping at work, but just sleepy at work. Like you're slugging through work. No big deal. I can deal with that. Uh, Over, like I did some stuff on the house, Um, put on a new storm door, put up some uh, closet doors. And they didn't take me like seven hours a piece to do. Right. So like got them in, done, could relax in the afternoon. That's a good home project is just get get something done, move on. I was pretty happy with the way my weekend went, having gotten things done, but didn't have to, like, waste my whole weekend trying to finish it.
0: That a boy too, because, yeah, when you in have a project like that, you know, like, 30 things are going to go wrong, like, where it doesn't, doesn't go smoothly. Like for sure, and so for
1: like what I did is like for one of the few times in my life, and I wouldn't actually recommend this, I would actually recommend just using your brain. But I read the directions and did what they told me to do, and things worked pretty smooth
0: this time around. (laughs) It's funny how that works, Mike. Yeah, that's weird. That was the same thing with homework in school, apparently. Like, if you actually listen to what they told you to do. You get a good grade. Really? Huh. Yeah. Weird. What have thought? All right. Dropping it down to Riley. What what do you got going
2: on in Fort Worth, Texas with polka dots behind you? Uh my over. I had my sister and her uh boyfriend visit for a couple days. We went to a Rangers Astros game. We kind of just got out and did things that we normally wouldn't do if family wasn't there so it was nice to have family visit get out try some new foods um got a new or found a new smoke uh what do you call it like a smoke restaurant or restaurant that sells smoked um meat i can't a smoke think house? of the word barbecue. yeah smokehouse yeah smokehouse barbecue place anyways absolutely incredible place do they that sell like I don't know that one I'm sure in the pot machine they did but it was like just like melt in your mouth meat um incredible place the under we have neighbors that are I don't know if you guys have um experience with this annoying neighbors but they're like not annoying enough to like I'm never gonna report anyone to anything but like there's they're annoying, but, like, not annoying enough to do anything about it. Like, they're just super loud and obnoxious only during the day. I know it's kind of, like, stingy of me to be, like, annoyed about that. It's, it's They're just kind of annoying, and that just might be me being annoyed that we have new people in the area. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You got to feel out those new guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm being territorial or not, but... Yeah,
1: I don't know. Just take Donnie over there and shit in your yard.
2: Yeah, pee on that door real quick. Donnie's a menace. You could probably do that.
0: I don't know. Like, I have a hard time. I've never been someone to, like, send something back to a restaurant, complain about someone being too loud. And I think I take a little bit too much pride in that. Like, where... It could be a problem. Like our neighbors upstairs, like stomping shit, and like whatever. And they call they call on us for our dogs barking, and I'm like, "You motherfucker! I hear you stomping at like midnight." But
1: yeah, but yeah. so I I hate apartments or like duplexes or all that shit because I don't want to have to hear other people. I don't want to dick with like noise from other people. So when I was living in Sparta, we had a guy behind us that he had a teenage son. And if like he was out of town, I could hear the words from their music. Right. And I wasn't that far away from maybe like 30 feet from their house to mine. But like, I shouldn't be able to hear the fucking words from your music. Like there's no reason. Middle of the night, just cranked up. There's no reason. Right. So people can just be like not (laughs) assholes too. I don't think I went over and said anything to them, but like just don't be a prick. That's the that's the message of the podcast this week. Don't be a prick.
0: Yeah. As long as they're playing kid rock, you're good to go, buddy. Well, fair enough. They weren't though,
1: (laughs) sons of bitches. Fucking creed. Without further ado, we're going to jump into our interview with Andy Keel.
0: Now, welcome to the show. One of our best reoccurring guests. We had him on earlier to talk about Badger recruiting. We have Andy Keel on the show. And he is our Badger recruiting expert, but we're going to talk to him about the Badger players that win in the draft today, and then also the spring game and all that comes with that. And we're going to preview the Badger season here. How are you doing, Andy?
3: I'm doing good, guys. How are you? It's good to have you back. It's good to be back. Excited. Excited to talk some Badgers. Yeah, I'm not right. going
0: to lie. Andy, you crushed it last time you were on this show. You you made me feel like we had like a true professional on, and I felt bad for you. And that's what we're going to do again to you. But I'm going to let Mike take over more of the questions, and I'm going to be the guy that just asks a couple questions here and there. So, Mike, take over this interview.
1: All right. Intelligence test, starting with that. I don't know if you've been... Consistently listening, this is something we switched up, um, started asking questions to our guests, make sure that they're smarter than us so that they can be on the podcast. Uh, last time the Badgers won the, a national championship. Oh, I, I I don't know, 58? Maybe it would be a guess. Uh, the women's volleyball won the championship oh. in oh. 2021. I thought you were talking about football. I, <laughs> I don't even know if we've won one. I don't. Uh, so you <laughs> I, got uh, yeah, I'm not positive if we, if we have or not either. So, but I was just trying to catch you with that one. All right. So when was the Magna <laughs> Carta sign? Uh,
3: 1648. You are dumb as shit, Kill. <laughs> 1215. Uh, I was a history minor in college too, so that's not good. Uh, how many counties are in the state of Wisconsin? I didn't know I was going to have a test when I came on today. Um, I know. I know. 84. <laughs> 84? Yeah.
1: 72. Okay. That I was I was close. All right. A little bit more time relevant here for the next couple. Who did Mexico defeat on May 5th to commemorate Cinco de Mayo? In soccer? No. So this is a war. That's oh. why we celebrate Cinco de Mayo to some extent. God, another
3: history one. This is my alley. I don't know. France. Uh, okay, France. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, going I should to. have let you guess first. Yeah, time.
0: no shit. Yeah, he had that one. I'll give that one to you, Kill. Oh, uh,
1: it would All have been. Right. It would have been a complete guess. How many laps are there in the Indy 500? 500. 200. What? It's a, it's a 500 mile race.
3: Okay, I was listening laps. to you guys, uh, and you were talking about NASCAR and last week's podcast, and it's not my sport whatsoever. <laughs> you zoned that part out, huh? No, I actually thought your take on it was pretty good. Like, it just doesn't really make any sense, but hundreds of thousands of people show up to these these events. Yeah. Kind of yeah. unique, so. Whatever.
1: All right, let's get into the real reason that you're here. First, The first thing we're going to do is we're going to have a little uh, a, a draft. So it's a best one-off sporting events draft. And by that, I'm going to be very, very loose on the rules, but basically we can't use the big six sports, big six for us. Uh, So that would be NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL, college basketball, or college football, which eliminates the Super Bowl, the World Series, the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, the National Championship game, Rose Bowl game, something like that. Or the final four.
0: And Riley is gonna be the guy that's writing this all down. So all right. Since
3: you're the guest, Keel, you get to go first. Uh, my first pick is gonna be the Masters. I think it's is I, I don't know what do I have to pick a specific day or no, 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 no.
0: you you cross it with that pick.
3: Yeah, I think just obviously you guys uh talked a lot about the masters too, but I just think it's I love watching golf. Um I sit at home and watch it. I watched it this weekend. It was some random tournament in Mexico that John yeah, Ryan won, but I love watching golf. I love playing golf, and the Masters is just kind of the mecca. Um, I wonder, I always wonder though if going, if I would crave playing so much that I almost would enjoy the course. But I, uh, I've only been to one golf event, um, but I definitely think the Masters would be just a bucket list event even with the top six. So. What you go to kill, did you go to the Ryder cup? I went to the U S open, uh, open. When I Was at Aaron Hills. Um, and it was a really good experience, but we went on Sunday and, uh, you just couldn't really watch all the guys that you wanted to. You really had to follow the leaderboard. It was a little bit different. So I would definitely, that,
0: go. that was going to be my next question is like, did you follow a group of dudes or did you sit at a hole and,
3: Uh, We followed um, Steve Stricker for a while Um, as a Wisconsin guy. We followed him and then we got to one of the par threes on the back nine and we found some grandstands and just sat there and there was a a bar like a outdoor bar close by. So we were able to leave our seats and go get uh, beers and things. And we watched the whole leaderboard come through and that was pretty cool. Just get shit face.
0: Yeah, no, but. That that was such a great pick because I would have put golf in my big six. Like when I'm when I'm thinking of the big six is like NFL, NBA, NHL, what whatever. But like, but yeah, no, that was a good call because that that was off my radar. Mike, who who is going next? Sorry. Then we
1: got Riley, myself, and then you because you came in late. So that's the way it goes. I didn't even come in late. I was.
0: I was like the first one in here, but like, all
1: right, <laughs> I'll take it. That's okay. not what I meant by coming late. Like, I didn't know if you were going to
0: be here. That's why you got the last oh. pick. Like, coming late. I get it.
2: All right, we ready? <laughs> I'm ready for you. All right. i I'm going to stay local with my first pick. I'm going to go with the Eve of Destruction Lacrosse Fairground Speedway.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's going to blow dick. Like you cross that off my list real quick. Yeah, <laughs> no
0: shit. What is it? Like you gotta explain. It it's
2: the night. Racetrack. Are you kidding? It's the night. So they have like trailer races and they have the monster trucks and that type of stuff. They flip cars. It's just it's like the most um redneck type of fun you could get at a racetrack. It's the night that, night that they the sell you the track. whole seat. But you only need the edge.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Exactly. Mike, that, that, that is. Yeah, no, I do know what it is now. But that sounds awesome. I think I've been to it and it was a good time. So I'll give you a good call as well. <laughs> All right, Mike, what are you doing? I'm going to take the Daytona 500. Yeah. No, I I think that's a good pick. I, I don't know if you want to elaborate on it, but like I've heard of NASCAR races being a good time. Yeah, so I th- so I think like that's one of the biggest sports
1: that we have in America, and it's their easily their Super Bowl.
0: Like it yeah. is easily the most iconic event that they have. All right, I, I'm gonna trump y'all with my first pick. Besides Keel. Kill your first pick would be my first pick, but I wouldn't have thought of it, but it's Wimbledon. I don't know. Like, I, I want to get to a Wimbledon, and I don't know if I'm going to take off the board, like, tennis majors, because I would be down to go to all of the tennis majors. Like, you got, you got them all over the place. Like, you got New York, you got – I don't know if it's in Sydney, the Australian Open, but, like, Wimbledon – Wimbledon is definitely the one that I want, but like, if if it got back around to me and I could pick it, which I think we should – yeah, never mind. I'll I'll leave it on the board. I
1: think you can leave all those up. I think there are definitely some other golf ones that could be on there, right?
0: For sure. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Um, And then I got to come back at you guys with a different sport. And I will just go like Olympic hockey. I don't know. I love that shit. Like that's, or the Olympics, just, no, I I won't take the whole Olympics, but. So do you want to just take the winter Olympics? So Olympic hockey, like Olympic basketball sucks ass in my opinion, because like you already know who's going to win like your favorite sport, like basketball, you're paying attention to Olympic basketball, like if if the USA gets upset, like you know that's that's the only time it's a big deal. But like Olympic hockey, when the guys are actually playing, that shit's absolutely erect or er, <laughs> electric. Like it takes them from six to midnight. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Have, I've been I've been doing some stuff here where erection <laughs> is definitely in my vocabulary but like the tj yoshi like patrick kane in the olympics facing off against your finnish dudes your canadian dudes like like it really gets your american pride going whereas like olympic basketball you're like if we don't win like this shit is bunk i guess but i'll quit talking here for a second So, Riley, who is is it back to you, Mike? So, back to me, I'm going to take the Kentucky
1: Derby. That is the horse race of all horse races as far as I'm concerned. I guess you could talk about uh, Belmont because that's where you win the triple crown at. But I think the one that gets the most fanfare is the Kentucky Derby. Probably the
3: the Freakness that has, like, the inner circle that's just, like, a bunch of drunk, like, obnoxious people and, like, campers and stuff? I'm pretty sure that we had the second leg of the Triple Crown has that.
0: Like yeah. Kentucky Derby, I, I've heard the Kentucky Derby is pretty nasty, like that too, Kill. Like, yeah, I like, it has on my list. like a mosh pit. In yeah, the Kentucky Derby. Like, there's the rich people who go, and then there's us <laughs> that are
3: throw cans. What are you trying to say? I don't got a lot of money, or what?
0: No, I'm just saying these people are ripping fence posts off like some old man's lawn <laughs> getting arrested by cops and shit. <laughs> Be I don't think that guy got arrested. you huh. <laughs> mean? Good pick, though, Mike. Good pick. Riley. All right. All right,
2: Riley, you're up. All right. Next pick, I will go with the Ryder Cup. I don't pay attention to mini golf Events, but Ryder cup is one of the very few that I'll actually tune into the whole weekend.
0: And that was a good pick to not take golf completely off the board. So
3: yeah, Ryder cup is beautiful. Keel, I think we're back to you. Um, I will go with like a world cup final or semi-final. Um, I not the most, uh, I guess the biggest soccer fan, but I do love watching the world cup. It's very disappointing when the U S doesn't make it. So got into that, uh, in college playing FIFA. And, um, I definitely think I would enjoy an event, just the craziest fans in the world are soccer fans. And especially when it comes to their national team, I just think it'd be an awesome experience to, to be around them and watch them fight each other. While I'm trying to stay neutral.
0: God damn you guys like you and Riley's last picks, like,
3: I didn't even think of that shit, so good for you guys. <laughs> Do I wrap around that? Yeah. Uh, so then my next one is going to be like a heavyweight title fight. I don't know if it's UFC or boxing. I don't really care. I'm not really into either sport, but um, the atmosphere of those events are just supposed to be un- They just unmatched from what I've heard. So, And Kiel,
0: what are all your picks like from front to back? Because I think you won the draft.
3: I got my top three. I got the Masters World Cup and then uh, a heavyweight title fight. Number four was gonna be the lacrosse speedway. Um but um no, those are my top three that I had as, as experiences that I want. So
0: wait, are we doing four? So doing four,
3: yeah. Okay,
0: so shit. Kill you gave the lacrosse speedway one away.
3: I thought that's what Riley picked first.
0: Yeah, that one's already <laughs> gone. I didn't know that was the same thing.
2: Um, so I'll do my pick next. I'm kind of a, I don't know what to do. I think I'm going to do the 4th of July Coney Island hot dog eating contest. I think it's just an American staple. I think it'd be, it's one of those things you probably don't go to every year, but it'd just be cool to experience once and just watch Joey Chestnut dominate.
3: I do think that would be a really fun event to be at. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just get shit face, watch some guys,
0: (laughs) some dogs. (laughs) Mike, is it you?
1: It's on me. I'm going to take the Tour de France. It's like, it's the only bike race you ever heard of in the whole fucking world. (laughs) Right. So
0: it has to be, it has to be something. I don't know. I think you just lost the draft by picking that. Because that's the that's gotta be the worst thing that was
3: in the world. Would you go to the so first go line or would you like go some random hill that they're going down or they just zoom by you? Well, they're going like 70 miles an hour down some like see, yeah,
1: sure. yeah,
0: probably to see if you could throw a stick in their spokes and make them <laughs> crash like motherfuckers, like I'm Big Daddy. Yeah, Mike, I don't know about that one. I I'm gonna go with uh Russian slap fighting. Like that, that, that shit looks lights out to me. And then the next thing I'm going to go with is like the Irish, like Kegel toss or whatever, when they throw that big fucking thing over their head. Like the Celtic games? Yeah. Yeah. Celtic games. I will take the whole Celtic games. But after I said that, I know I missed some, some big ones there. So. So Mike goes bike racing. I go Russian slap fighting and Irish games. Who am I going Uh, back to? So
1: it comes back to me. um, I think that I'm going to, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit, but I definitely, this falls inside the scope, uh, the college world series.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I would love to go to a college world series. So it's a good pick, good late pick for sure.
2: That was a good one. I think I'll kind of piggyback off that one. I wanna do the little league world series. I always Mm -hmm. see it on TV and as a kid, you always grow up watching it, wanting to be there. So I'm gonna go with Little League World Series.
0: Too much crying in that shit for me.
3: (laughs) That was gonna be my pick. So I gotta I gotta I gotta Pivot here. I'm going to double up on golf, which I wasn't going to do because I was going to pivot to the World Series, but I'm going to do the Waste Management Open. 16. Uh, oh, such pocket. a good one. Um, the guy hit a hole in one. I was watching it live with my son, and now every time we watch golf, he wants to see people throw beers onto the green and stuff, like throw cans and <laughs> stuff. So uh, that's a really fun one, bucket list item, I think, for anybody who enjoys golf. But yeah, just sitting on the 16. Drinking beers in the Arizona sun it won't take many, get you fired up. Yeah, so I I think that
1: that's a great pick. That was I was told that that should be my sleeper pick for this uh, little draft. I was talking to a guy about it at work, and he's like, "The waste management open. If you're gonna double up on golf, that's that's the one to go with." So he was all all on board with that. I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "That's just a party. It's just like." Crazy. Have,
3: you, have you seen the whole? It's like they build it in a stadium. Yeah. So there's like 20 yeah. people just around it. It's super. Uh, so I
1: think, so like me thinking about it, I think the one that we all missed it's debatable, whether it's a sporting event is WrestleMania, right? For like a one-off event, WrestleMania is a I big had time down. thing.
2: I had it written down too.
0: But So, I didn't write shit down, and I was just going off the cuff. But I would say, like, a big UFC fight. Someone did say, I think Keel said big boxing match. So, that kind of takes Indy off. 500. Forward. A big, like, Conor McGregor versus whoever it is. Like, it makes you buy tickets to, like, go and watch some yeah. bullshit. But, like, same with, like, any boxing boxing event. I feel like the ones that you buy always disappoint. And then like the one that you don't buy is like the one that's like, oh, I need to start buying that shit some more. But but a big a big fight just in general is is a good time. I agree. Big boxing match. I would take a big boxing match over a big fight for sure.
1: All right, in the big six, what's your favorite one? You can start, Pat.
0: So, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. Okay. Is is my crown jewel
3: there. All right, Keel, how about you? Um, I think I'd probably go to the College Football National Championship, but – it's a tough one because that like, you never know if it's going to be like 42 to 14. So you never really know how close the, the national championship is going to be super bowls. It's hard to beat.
0: Yeah. I, and I don't know, like with the college one is like, if it's too much parity, like the levels, like you said, like you don't know if it's going to be like Alabama versus Cincinnati and, and it will never be Alabama versus Cincinnati, but like you don't know if this Alabama team is like ten times better than Georgia or or whatnot. But I guess that's that's what makes it kind of exciting because I thought Alabama would beat Georgia this year. So
3: my number one bucket list for college football is to watch uh, LSU Alabama game in Baton Rouge uh, at the LSU Tiger Stadium. I still have it on my bucket list of things. To- to go to, so.
0: You'll do it. I have faith in you, Keel.
1: LSU
3: fans are wild. So much fun. Are they, are they not just crazy,
1: Keel? Yeah. Like, they're, we were down there
3: in Houston. I was down in Houston, and I went to the Lambeau game, too, and they, we beat them. I think they're the number four team in the country. Devastating loss. They came out and partied all night with Badger fans and just were super positive, super friendly. Just really, really good people.
0: Yeah. Got to love them,
1: (laughs) Louisianans. All right, Riley, big six. What's your your favorite?
2: I think it's pretty easily the Super Bowl, but a sneaky one is the first round, first two days of March Madness. I think those are one of the most underrated days. I mean, everybody loves it, um, but everybody focuses on the final four. I just love two straight days of, like, nonstop basketball.
0: No, that's a good pick. Like for sure.
1: Yeah. So I think this this like this show is kind of biased towards football, and I think the Super Bowl is the easy one. But like Stanley Cup playoffs is kind of like the first couple of days of the March Madness, especially game the first seven round. hockey
3: hockey match in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, What's that? A game seven at hockey hockey game is unbelievable to watch. Unbelievable. Yeah.
0: All right, you guys have opened my Uh, eyes to that because yes, that would not be I think I think they're actually starting the night too. But I would go like World Series before that. Like I love that drama, and I think it's because we all have something to pull for in like the World Series. Like, not that the Brewers have like been there since we've been alive, really. No, yeah, they've never been there. um, since we've been alive, but like, it's just more real to me. Like when it's a sport like that, a Wisconsin team can get into. Cause like, what, what could the admirals do is like the calendar cup or calendar cup or whatever the fuck it's called. Like hockey never feels that real to me. Like when it, when it is, but like having Damian Miller on the show, talk about his world series experience. I was like, that's it like that's that's the pinnacle of like pinnacles that you can do it's like just ask Craig uh second base <laughs> was shaking too like we're like sure we'll 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 get Craig Council on the horn here and, and talk about how second base was shaking as well as the home play but I like that draft Mike that was a good idea
1: all right, so getting into some more of the like Badgers football spring, spring stuff. Um, when you go
3: to Camp Randall, what is your go-to concession stand meal? Uh, this is the easiest answer ever. It's uh, the nachos with the jalapenos on top. Um, they just they just hit different when you're sitting in you know Section A, Row 39. I don't know what it is. I don't eat a ton of just plain nachos. It's just no special cheese. It's just the squirt. But they put jalapenos right on top. It beats their hot dogs. I'm not a huge brat guy. I don't know how that's going to go over with people from Wisconsin, but, um, if I got to just like a had too many drinks and I need to like settle down for the game, I'll, I'll hit a hot dog real quick, but it's nothing like just the nachos with the, the jalapenos on top. All right. All right. What is the uh, best pregame bar in Madison and the best pokes game bar in Madison? Um, I pretty much stay right on Regent. I hit up uh, Jordan's Big Ten Pub. And then also, um, I think it's just the Big Ten Bar um, right there. I don't go to a ton of bars before and after games. I go down with my old man who's not doesn't drink, so try to stay sober. But when I do hit up with friends, I usually hit up the big, Jordan's Big Ten Pub. They got a lot of outdoor stuff. The band sometimes comes in and plays before games if you can get in there early enough. It's a really cool scene. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with any bar. I know a lot of people like the nitty gritty and it's just a little bit out of the way from where I tailgate. So I've only been there, I think once pregame for a badger football game and we went for like breakfast. So it wasn't, it wasn't anything too crazy. Um, but I, I hit up those right up Regent street, Jordan's big 10 pub is probably my favorite spot. I
0: remember one time, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt real quick. Sorry, Mike, but my dad took me to a badger game when I was a little kid. And I swear to you, I shook Barry Alvarez's hand and I do not know what place we were at, like where that would happen before a game.
3: We when we went to Houston, Mike was Mike was in Houston. We went to uh, J.J. Watts, like pregame tailgate or something. And it was this big event. My dad walked right up to Barry Alvarez and just like shook his hand and talked to him for like 10 minutes. And I always think that's really funny. Barry's probably thinking like, who the hell is this guy? Like, why is he talking to me? But my dad just, like, wiggled his way in. He's like, I, this is the closest I've ever been to Barry Alvarez. I'm going to go tell him, like, how thankful I am a <laughs> <was their> coach. <laughs> so I actually think because of, like, the way
1: college coaches have to operate, right, where they almost have to be, like, schmoozing people all the time, he doesn't care. They're always recruiting, man. Yeah. It doesn't matter who they're talking to. Um, so I'll re- I'll relate him back to, like, you know – my people like he's like my grandpa Jim like he can just sit and talk to anybody at any time any place no matter what the case
3: is you know he's just that guy they have to be they go into so many different environments when they're recruiting and different environments when they're selling the boosters and stuff it's it's almost kind of sickening when you stop and think about it
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, so, I, and I guess that being said if I was a five-star recruit Barry Alvarez would have had me when I was like Six. Like, like okay. Nice. Yeah, he shook my hand while I was six. Like, that's where I'm going to play. All
1: right, All right Keel. So, we had you in um, this winter sometime. I can't remember exactly like, what time of year for the Badgers that we had you in. It was late in the year because we started late in the year. You were talking about Badger recruiting. Is there anyone from that episode that has changed your mind about the way you feel
3: about it? Um, as far as recruits go, it's tough. It's still really early um, with spring practice. I think there's only like six. I'm looking at it, there's six guys who came to spring practice early. Um, but I think the biggest thing um, that we are having success with is the transfer corners. We lost two, like six year seniors so that were, I think, started for four or five years. And um, we got a, a transfer from UCLA and Jay Shaw, and then like a guy who, from Toledo, who's been in college football. I think this is his seventh year. And they've really just uh, done a really good job. I think they are both will be starters. We don't have a ton of corner depth. We had a couple graduates and then a couple transfers. And these guys have come in and I think you never really know what you're going to get with transfers. But um, one of them is a pretty stout guy in the Pac-12. I think he made Uh, Second or 13 Pac-12 last year. So he's a pretty big guy. He'll definitely be probably our best corner uh, in Jay Shaw. But I think that's – it's kind of tough right now with freshman recruits because they're not going to get much playing time. They usually don't have enough weight to even participate unless they're just freaks. Um, So I'm going to kind of cop out and choose some transfers. But I think really happy with all those corners have been reported looking through spring. So Good, good. All right. Um, Five Badgers were selected in this weekend
1: in the NFL draft. Uh, Leo Chanel, Logan Bruss, Jake Ferguson, Matt Henningsen, and Fan Hicks. What are our options in replacing those guys on the Wisconsin team?
3: Um, I think the biggest difficulty for replacement is going to be Jake Ferguson. Obviously, I think Leo Chanel is going to be the best pro. I think he's an absolute steal in the third round. I just think he's a freak, but... Um, I agree. Jake, we just don't have a receiving option like him. Um, we have a lot of blocking tight ends, so it'll be interesting to see where those receptions go because we've also lost our, our top two wide receivers that we've had for the last four years. So, um, I'm really intrigued by how the passing game looks mostly just by who they're throwing to, but I think, um, Leo Chanel at linebacker, We're kind of a plug-and-play linebacker school right now. Um, We have some really talented freshmen, and then we have a an older walk-on that's probably going to see some time. But uh, somebody to watch is Jordan Turner. I think is going to be he played in like I think seven or eight games last year. He played heavily in the bowl game, but he's going to have I think he's just a tackle machine. He's definitely not the athlete of Leo Chanel, um, and maybe not even like the field general that Sanborn was. But I do think. somebody like Jordan Turner. Then we just moved uh, Spencer Light, Lytle um, from an outside linebacker recruit that we got three or four years ago. Uh, had offers, uh, chose us over Clemson, which is a big win for us on the outside linebacker. He moved inside just because we're so deep at outside linebacker um, that his spot was probably getting passed up and we had some openings. Uh, we have a couple other young guys that I can't pronounce their names, so I'm not even going to try. Um, but there's one that, um, from everybody that I've read, I have not seen him play, but uh, reminds a lot of people of Chris Orr, uh, with just how he he's a very undersized, probably not the fastest guy, but when he hits people, they stop. Is kind of how he's being described. So I think I think we'll be fine in those areas. Offensive line with Logan Bruss, very excited to see him go to the Rams with three, uh, two other. Badger offensive lineman I think I don't know if you guys saw Sean McVay made the quote when they drafted them that we're just going to have an entire Wisconsin Badgers offensive line um, which I think is pretty great for recruiting um, I think just, it's pretty like, smart if you're an NFL team yeah um, that's an obvious plug and play uh, we have a a starter uh, that started at left tackle that might not even play this year because of the talent that we got coming underneath so no worries there. And I talked about the corners with fan Hicks uh, a little bit, uh, but Matt henderson is going to be a really Henningson's going to be a really tough replacement. Um, he just worked his way from a walk on to being a, a, a draft pick and um, really impressed people at the combine really had a good season. I think that'll be an interesting one across the defensive line, but I'm not too worried about our replacements as far as the defense goes. I think we become a plug and play defense. And I think Jim Leonard will scheme very similar to how it was last year. We won't, I don't think people, I don't think any new middle linebackers are going to be jumping snaps like Leo Chanel was and just blowing up centers and then fullbacks to get tackles for loss. But um, I don't think we're going to be having any issues with gaping holes in the middle and things like that. So, really excited to see these guys drafted. I think there's going to be a couple really successful pros. Um, but I think overall I think it's gonna be pretty easier to replace than sometimes when you lose key starters like that in locations, just because other than Jake Ferguson, we recruit really well to positions that we lost, especially at linebacker. So
0: who do you right. think so I think you kind of answered it, but like who do you think the most successful pro is gonna be?
3: <clears throat> I think Leo Chanel is gonna be one of those guys that Five years from now, I think people are just going to be talking about why he wasn't a first-round pick. I just watch him play, super athletic. Uh, he's early to being a linebacker, and he's just a tackle machine. I know he's got some – the knock on him is that he can't cover, but he's never had to, and he's athletic enough to cover. I think he ran in the four or fives. Um, he's the freak who did like – I think he did nine more reps on the bench press than any other, any other linebacker at the combine. I Just watching him, I just think he's an instinctive – I think he's a crazy person and I think watching him play football is fun. And I, I just think that the Chiefs got to steal. I think he's going to be able to cover just fine because he's athletic and he's a smart football player. But I think, I think he could be a pro bowler. He very yeah, it, and I don't know if it's my Homer brain, but like if you watch
0: any badger game throughout like the whole year and you didn't hear Chanel other, every other play, like obviously I had a brother on the team. Like I was like, damn, I'm even hearing his name on offense. But like that, that's, that's what I thought. I was like, he's Chris Borland again. That's not going to quit playing football. That's it's, more
3: athletic, you know, and yeah. I think that's, what's crazy. The Chanel brothers are holding their story. I don't know the facts, but I think there's like 12 family members. And I think like eight or nine of them are his brothers. Um, and they're all like younger. So both of the older brothers came to Wisconsin. So. Might be a nice little in-state pipeline if they just keep pumping popping them out. Them and the Watt brothers are gonna keep us going for years. So they keep having boys. But no, yeah. No, I sure I sure
0: hope so. And I
3: and I think you're hundred percent right.
0: Like I just don't see how Leo Chanel is gonna fail. It's like just it's just a motor that I can't quit. And like like I was saying, it's like it's like Borlin, but like you were saying, it's like a more athletic, like a guy that can get after it, high motor Borland. So I guess maybe like, yeah, no, I, I can't believe Chanel dropped as late as he did.
3: I think Jake Ferguson could have a pretty good career too. Sorry. I cut you off there, but I think, I think Jake Ferguson can, he's proven he can be a receiving tight end. He knows how to block. I think he can be a productive NFL player. I don't think Fan Hicks makes the team. Sorry. I, I don't, he's this, you know, 24 year old corner rookie. I don't think he really, I think it will be tough for him to make the roster, but I think all the other guys and I think a lot of our undrafted free agents will, I think Mike has a Jack Sanborn question a little bit later, but I definitely think he's could be a tackling machine that just winds up playing eight, nine years at middle linebacker in the NFL too. So yeah, so I'll I'll get to
1: that uh, Jack Sanborn question right now. Uh, so he's one of our guys that got signed after the draft. Is it okay to hate
3: him for all time now? Now that he signed with the Bears, I I mean I know your Packer blood runs thick and deep, so I guess it's absolutely 100% <laughs> okay to hate any player place for the Chicago Bears. But it's gonna be I mean it's a he's from Illinois, he's from Chicago area, um, so it's kind of like a hometown story. Um, and his brother still is coming up the pipeline at inside linebacker for us at the Badgers. So I mean it's hard for me to tell any Packer fan not to hate a bear. I mean, that's I think you're every right to to not like him, and root against him. just can't root for injury. I think that's what the, the big thing is with with the Badgers in the NFL. Yeah, so uh,
1: I won't uh, I won't hate him, but I won't root for him either. so I won't treat him like I do Russell Wilson, but I will. <clears throat> I will just kind of ignore that he exists. That he was him. ever a badger. I
3: heard you say that you hate Russell Wilson. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. So for me, I have a real problem with his attitude. For one, like it's too like rainbows Great. and sunshine.
2: Yeah,
1: right. It's too much of that. So I like I I think it in my mind I think it's fake, and then you have the fail Mary play, and he like is. Him and Golden Tate both drive me crazy because they're thanking God at the same time that they're lying through their fucking teeth. <laughs> and I can't like can't like comprehend that in my brain. So I and I've hated him since then. So
0: yeah, Mike, you've hold that one way too near and dear. Like even if you look at that like season, I don't think that game affected the Packers like standings. In getting into the playoffs, I th- I so I think know. I think that game right. doesn't do hurt me that, nearly as bad as it hurts you.
1: So I think that that game. So this is like my psychology piece of it coming in, right? Like, like I think that game affected the Seattle Seahawks in a way that allowed them to believe that they could compete with the great, the best teams in the NFL. And then set their, like, their psyche to, like, we're good enough to be here. And then they had developed into what they were because of that. Game. That's a piece of it, right? All right. Yeah. No, I'll buy that. Like That their confidence just shot way up because that game turned out in their favor.
0: And I can't remember who Seattle was at the time, but, like, man, you referenced that game. Way more than you should. It's unhealthy, Mike. Let it go. Let, let it go.
3: I, that shit lived rent-free in my head. I hear more people reference that game than the NFC Championship game, which is way worse of a loss. Way more. Yeah. It wasn't like – it was more like – I could care less about the film area, to be honest with you. It's just – Just a week two game, right? Just a yeah, week two and game. that's – Oh, like, I mean, we we made the playoffs, everything went well, but the NFC Championship game hurts way worse. Yeah. So and I, I
1: distinctly remember thing. scaring my dog the night that uh, of the fail Mary. So, like, cowering in
0: the corner my dog. Not that I hit him or nothing, but we had but just – That's when the refs were, like, on strike, too. So it was like well, – Well, at least I you play got play the refs. Yeah, like, at least we have the reps back now after that play. Like, that play literally was like, hey, guys, we need to start paying these reps full time, like, to do this shit. So I was cool with it. Like, I was like,
1: oh, whatever. Yeah, I think we had just had, we had had my dog for, like, six months. And, like, who knows where he's from? But I started, like, screaming. He's, like, cowering in the corner, you know. Like, that's, like, one of the few times I, like, lost my mind about a football game. His former owner was a Bears fan and just had a miserable, (laughs)
2: miserable.
1: Very well could have been. Very well could have been. All right. So, now that – so, another guy that's in the NFC North, pretty relevant to uh, Packers. Very relevant to the Packers. Danny Davis signs with the Packers. So, how many Pro Bowls does he end up with now that he
3: is going to be in Green Bay? What would you set the over/under at? Five and a half. Sure, five and a half over or under. I do think he's he's talented enough. I think he'll make the team. Honestly, i I don't know. I don't. Hopefully, the Pro Bowl works out for him. But you've watched the Badgers. You've seen him have pretty clear opportunities. Um, the thing I worry about is the last couple of years, like we talked about when I came on uh, last time, is just the guys weren't really that open. From what we were able to see. So I don't know if that's scheme, but he's able to make some contested catches. So I do think he can make the roster. But that I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? I'm a big homer when it comes to Danny Davis. That was a big recruiting win. That was I was following that when he was coming out of high school. So I've followed that and been super excited about him. But you guys have watched him. Do you think he has a chance of making the roster? So I'm not sure. I think the way Wisconsin
1: Receivers have looked in the last, I don't know, four or five years, just has never impressed me, you know, and I've seen Danny Davis have games. We've had guys like Cephas that have had games, right? But I've never seen him put full seasons together, I not feel like. And that could be quarterback play. That could be, um, you know, offensive scheme. And I just don't see them dominate. Does that mean they can't do it at the next level? Nope. Doesn't mean that, but
0: it doesn't happen at Wisconsin. He doesn't have. I think it definitely means that, yeah, it's not going to happen. Like, (laughs) So Danny Davis, like it took me a second for it to like register in my head. So he got signed by the Packers. This is what i are saying. Yep. So, yeah, he got, like, he's a you know, $50,000 bonus and,
1: like, has an opportunity to make the team. He's in the 90-man roster.
0: Yeah, he's not going to be there. There's <laughs> guys that are hungrier. There's guys that are, like, feistier. Like, yeah.
2: I, I The thing is, I if there's a quarterback that can get – I mean, I'm not going to say Aaron Rodgers is going to warm up to him because he's a Wisconsin guy. But if he – Falls in favor with Rogers. He's going to make the final roster. You saw it with Jake Kumerow, and you saw the frustration when he left. And he might not have had the talent to make that roster, but he might be one of those guys that just squeaks in because he's a hometown favorite. You know, gets a couple cool plays in preseason, and then can somehow fill in on special teams.
0: Dude, but I feel like Kumaro was hungry, like. Abra Daris was like a hungry dude I mean what's Kumaro's on Buffalo now like special teams so yeah I mean the answer to that question is like maybe he'll get five special teams tackles <laughs> I think that's where the the overall <laughs> should be is like how many tackles he gets on a special teams in the NFL
3: so if the pack were on hard knocks, Pat, you think you'd be like the first cut you see on TV? Like he wouldn't make the second preseason game.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's hungry enough. Like, I mean, he didn't do anything for me as a like sure he had a couple good games as a badger, but like he just wasn't that guy. Like I see oh. I seen Lee Evans. Like I know like what what you have to do, like to go into the NFL. Like I seen who was it like Brandon Lee and like we we had a good receiving core like at, at a point in time and like a guy that can like what was he catching punts for us, Dave this Davis?
3: Uh he did catch a few punts, but I do, I think the Wisconsin punt is to just make a fair catch and don't drop the ball. Yeah.
0: So might yeah, be the Packers no. too. And I, I just don't see it happening. Like I haven't seen a Badger receiver play like he could be in the NFL since probably Aberderis. Like, and I I think Aberderis was like great college receiver, could have been a guy that catches you a couple first downs. And and is that what he did in Detroit? Right? Didn't Aberderis go to Detroit. He did. He he got dinged up with the Packers, right, in camp,
1: I believe. Something like that. And then never really made it onto the field. So I think that the difference between Aberderis or Kumaro and the Packers is that currently the Packers are willing to say, if we keep six wide receivers, it could very easily be Aaron Ryder's pick. Right? yeah so that no, was not
0: the case with aberdaris or with kuma right so no because they it, not- they're not dogs they're not what pj Tucker wants them to be like like you you need a guy that's like hungry wants to eat and yeah i i, I don't think davis is that guy but i think we're spending a little bit too much time on <laughs> <laughs> davis. On, on a guy
1: that's a free agent uh signing right but Let's be fair, going into the season, the Packers' number one wide receiver is going to be an undrafted free agent.
0: Yeah, uh, but I feel Alan like Alan Lazard is an undrafted free agent. But I feel like they said the same. Yeah, but Alan Lazard's a hungry dog. Like that's, that's like what you're looking for. I feel like, I feel like Danny Davis is coming out to a team like where, You know, it's it's not Ty Montgomery is going to be the guy he's competing against, but, like, those guys are there. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, what would you rather have is Ty Montgomery or Jared Aberderis? And if the answer isn't Ty Montgomery, it's kind of dumb, I I think.
1: So I think Ty – I mean, I don't want to get into, like, Pack or stuff too much, but Ty Montgomery missed the era, right? If he was today, he's Debo Samuel. He's the same dude. Maybe uh, not quite as
0: talented, but like that's yeah, what he's no, built. I, I got Mike started. No, yeah, no, see, not did, at yeah. all. It's, it's not. It's <laughs> like a poor man's Reggie Bush was what Ty Montgomery is, and Debo Samuel, I feel like is. Like a game changer. Like, I feel like it's a new thing, like what Debo Samuel is doing. It's like more of a Derrick Henry mix with wide receiver than running back, but whatever. All there's, right, there's- back
1: to the Badgers.
0: Sorry. <laughs> Who'd have
1: thought uh, Danny Davis sent to spiral?
2: <laughs> oh, yes.
1: If you get me on the Badger or on the Packers, I'm fucking right down. Have you heard any of the Badgers getting an? Like any nil deals or a nice nil deal um, from any local businesses.
3: Um, Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of the linemen are getting uh, some good pub with some nil. I think the biggest nil deal that I've heard of is was with the Davis Twins and Mountain Dew. Um, They got signed um, with Mountain Dew, and the Badgers gave them the rights to use their jerseys and their logos and things like that. But um, I think uh, the biggest one was. Colin Wilder had the, the grit factory hats that sold through Barstool. I think he made like, uh, it's like 25, $30,000 off of that through Barstool selling those hats. They used it as like their turnover chain was just a hat that said the grit factory on it. So I know he's made some money off of that. Um, I do think there's been a lot of local stuff. Obviously linemen get like the buffet places and things like that, but I haven't heard of any major deals. Graham Mertz obviously has like his own closing line. That's been a big topic of discussion with that. But the biggest one I heard was through the basketball with the Davis twins uh, with Mountain Dew. And I know this is a Sundrop sponsored podcast, but they got to use all the equipment and stuff like that. The uh, So the NIL has been a little slow. I think the Badgers are really focusing on education with their their people. Um, getting kids so they don't get, like, screwed on a deal, Um, getting kids so they're not, like, locked into a deal for years after and they can't make a a change or they can't do things like that. So a lot of schools, um, schools like Penn State, Nebraska, and Ohio State and every SEC school are putting together what are called these – it's called a collective. I'm not sure why the title, but it's basically, like, all the boosters are – the Ohio State collective and they just put money into this collective that goes out to players in Wisconsin doesn't have one of those set up yet so there hasn't been any opportunities for big deals there's a, a recruit for Tennessee and it's it's all rumored right now but it's pretty connected that's pretty obvious the Tennessee collective just raised eight million dollars for a five-star freshman or who's like never played he'll be a five-star quarterback coming into Tennessee so the Badgers are quite a ways away from that but uh, chris Macintosh, the new ad is open and pushing for a lot of that type of work so then is still really confusing, but it's starting to really ramp up. I don't know if you guys saw the Pittsburgh wide receiver uh, won the Bulitnikoff award for the best receiver in college football just like transferred or is about to transfer to USC and apparently they're giving him like three million dollars in a house in Southern California, which is more than like what second round picks are making so, there's some pretty crazy stuff going on in college football. And basketball is probably even worse, but a lot of NIL confusion still. And the Badgers are, uh, I saw somebody tweet, they're trying to do something immoral in a moral way. And that sounds typical of how Wisconsin would operate when it comes to things like recruiting in this new NIL landscape, which pisses me off. I just wish they would just give some kid $10 million to come and start <laughs> What are but, our
0: taxes going for? But okay. what's that? I said, what are our taxes going to? Right. That, that's what I would pay
3: for. I'd Venmo in 50 bucks to, you know, to get a five-star quarterback. But they're just, they're kicking the tires, but they're also dragging their feet just kind of waiting so they don't somehow get a violation in five years or something. And I just wish they would get Take the that.
1: violation in the national championship and be done with it.
3: Yeah. Or just make the playoff. <laughs> you, need, you need a five-star quarterback to make the playoff. I think so. All right. So, All right. are there
1: any players that like you think would be happy to be like get an
3: NIL deal of just a case of Sundrop? I thought long and hard about this question, and I think any like local like walk-on would be the, the a Sundrop sponsor for a walk-on in Wisconsin has to be has to be a top goal for their collegiate career. It's. <laughs> I don't really have, like, a specific name, but uh, you think of, like, a Matt Henson who was just, like, a walk-on or, like, somebody with just deep ties to the state. Um, I think Sundrop would go a long way uh, with those local recruits. We lost those 2 in-state linemen that I talked about. Maybe if we would have hit up Sundrop, we could have
1: Yeah, so, yeah, Sundrop, you missed the boat. You could have been helping uh, Wisconsin Badgers here, and you just fucked it all up. Just like the silo cans, bring bring in the silo cans. These are things we need in our life. Sponsors (laughs) to Badgers and uh, silo cans. All right. So uh, I'm asking this question for Pat. Is it illegal for, or is it legal for a player to receive best jobs as part of the NIL
3: um, blanket? Um, I assume that comes with being a collegiate athlete. Whether it's an LL deal or not, I just assume they have a lot more opportunity to those type of situations than I did in college. Uh, just, uh, But I did, uh, this actually, uh, there was a tweet uh, I'll have to, to send out to you guys. There was like a situation where somebody was like, we blew them, or, and then they meant to say it, and it was, uh, I think it was out of Oregon, uh, about missing out on a recruit. And they tweeted out like we blew it or blew him. And then somebody's like, what the hell is going on in college football? So you me that and then I immediately saw that tweet and I laughed. I might have to see if I can dig it up. But, yeah, I just assume uh, best job was uh just kind of natural with college athlete kind of anywhere. Just oh, yeah.
0: You're, you're well, getting best jobs if you're a college athlete.
3: Yeah. There's guys at UWL that aren't worth shit that are going to be, you know, they're doing just fine <laughs> for themselves. So,
0: yeah. Getting best jobs left and right. Some perks of being a student. All right, so Keel, we're gonna run you through the schedule real quick, and you got to tell me win or loss. Oh. So first game, it looks like Illinois State. W. We win. W. Washington State. W. New Mexico State. W. Now we get. A state that's a little bit harder, but Ohio State.
3: Uh, it's going to be a loss until we prove we can beat them. I think it's pretty obvious. I think they're going to be one of the most t- talented teams in college football again, and that's going to be an L until until we prove it's otherwise. Yeah,
0: and we can wear that one in the West, like like where we are. So from Ohio State, we go to Illinois. W
3: northwestern where is it at i think it's at home in
0: in northwestern it looks like
2: yeah (laughs) yeah we'll we'll call it a w like nine six i hate if it's 11 a.m it's lost oh
3: yeah no shit place (laughs) for us to play why yeah that's such a fucking buzz. And then like, you got like, the Western. They won like two games last year, so they'll probably win 11 this year. If yeah. they just have that up and down trajectory. But yeah, then Purdue comes comes to uh, Camp Randall.
0: What do you got? I think that's an easy dub. Then Maryland comes to Camp Randall.
3: So Maryland is a team that recruits. So much better than the record shows. So you never know if we're ever gonna put it together. They still have Tua Tua's younger brother, a quarterback is super talented. I I think we'll we'll beat them. I just don't see how we've thumped them every time we played them since they've joined the Big Ten. But one of these years, Maryland's gonna win 10-11 games, and it's just gonna be the way it goes. Hopefully it's not this year, but
0: I agree. They've they've been loading up for some for a long time. It's, it, they're, they're just coming out to roll the table some
3: someday. But then we go to Iowa. What do you think about that? I think it's a 50-50 game. So being a homer, I will take the W. But I think anytime you play Iowa every year, I think I think it's possible that Iowa beats us. I think it's possible Iowa wins 11 games in any given year. And you're not really sure why. But, you know, they win 11 games and have the third worst offense in the Big Ten. It just sometimes it doesn't make sense. They're just one of those teams. All right, then we're heading
0: to Nebraska. Right afterwards, we're just taking a left
3: turn, heading
0: to Nebraska. What do you got?
3: Uh, I I got a W. I, I yeah, no, I don't see how we lose to Nebraska anytime soon. I think we have their number. I think Braylon Allen runs for 250 against them. I just think that's that's where we're going to be at. Last game of the season, always the
0: last game of the season. We're battling for the axe, and we're battling for the axe in Wisconsin.
3: Yeah, I don't want to be the guy who has this going like eleven and one, but I think that's a that's a win. I think Wisconsin's always a team that could have a, a, a random L there, but like if you look on paper and what you expect of us, especially in the West, I never expect to lose a game in the West. I just if we do, I always think it's some fluky shit or our offense looks like crap that day. But And I, then
0: that all being said, so the schedule we have laid out looks like we're playing Ohio State again in the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis. Yeah. We're winning, right? <laughs> too easy. Too easy.
3: I think it's scarier playing Big uh, Ohio State in a dome than it is playing them outside. So I think – we have a better chance of winning, like at the shoe, than we do beating them in the in Indianapolis. Personally, but
0: yeah, we need to find a way to sneak Penn State into that game.
2: I feel like we're also due on Ohio State. Win. I feel like we've had. I mean, I don't know how long it's been, but we've had a couple of games where it's come too close, and I mean, one possession, and we lose it towards the end. I feel like we're due for one of those upsets too. I don't know if this is the year because we're at Columbus, but maybe in the Big Ten Championship.
0: No, and I like it. Like, if you lose early in the season to them, like, that's yeah. a good team to see in the Big Ten Championship. But, but like Keel said, like, they they are faster than us. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Like the dome in Indianapolis favors them.
3: So You always get scared when you see them on the schedule, but I always – I always like having them on the regular season schedule because it's just you get to measure where that team truly is. Like if a team goes eight and four, eight and five, but they played Ohio State well, um, you just you're able to look at that knowing that they measured a little bit better than the record. But playing them in the Big Ten championships is scary also because, you know, everybody's watching. So everybody's just waiting to to dog on another big 10 team, just not being able to to stay with the Ohio state, but that's every big 10 team. So, yeah. No, and I agree.
0: Like you play them, <laughs> you play them early in the season. So you get to feel them out a little bit earlier and like, maybe you feel like you got a chance when you go into that dome, but you really probably don't have that great of a chance. Like, faster stronger just a better team (laughs) like coming
3: all about the outside they just had two first round wide receivers Jamison Williams was on the roster for spring practice last year so they technically had three people on the roster at this time last year that are first round draft picks and they have possibly the best wide receiver coming out of next year's class and then just filthy filthy recruits at wide receiver well shit
1: Mike what do you got so speaking of spring practices, uh, what do you think of the badger spring practices?
3: I think sadly it's kind of a lot of the same where we just, I think we're going to have a really good defense. Um, I think we just have been in a inability to have consistency at the corner quarterback position and wide receivers, I think stayed true to um, kind of how spring practice played out. There was a couple tweets of big plays and things like that. Um, But they don't tell you in the tweet if it's on a walk-on freshman corner or who it's against everybody in spring practice is getting reps. Um, But I do think we're going to have a plug-and-play defense. I think we're going to be just as good of a defense uh, as last year. I think Nick Kerbig is going to be just an absolute animal this year at outside linebacker based on – he was hurt a little bit in practice, but um, we got some uh, things we got to get figured out on the right right side of the line. Um, but when Wisconsin goes in practice in fall camp and in spring camp, it's always really difficult to judge the offense because they're usually going up against the top 10 defense. And it's just plug and play from the last two or three years, honestly, with the review of how spring practice played out. Defense looks great. Offense looked inconsistent. Graham Mertz looks like. He's got it at times and then he throws a dumbass pick um, in 11 on 11, you know, just just the same stuff, different day with some of that. So uh, one thing that we aren't going to really know is we didn't have any healthy running backs besides Braylon Allen. um, And we definitely weren't going to give him too many carries and get himself injured in spring ball. So um, the offense is working without, you know, obviously their their best asset, which is their run game. I think one thing I talked about uh, a little bit about this last time when I was on was the loss of Joe Rudolph. That eventually did happen. He went to Virginia Tech. Uh yeah, Bob Bullstead. Uh Bob Bullstead was our previous O-line coach before Joe Rudolph and put just guys in the first round constantly. And he's really stopped moving offensive line around and had them pick locations. And I think people like Jack Nelson uh is gonna dominate at left tackle. And I think like I said, we have a, a fifth year uh, person who's come back um, starting left tackle all every game last year. Might not even be able to play left guard for our talented offensive line. And um, he's a little bit more, he coaches a little bit more nastiness and kind of, uh, you know, plow guys into the ground and make it hurt type of thing. Where um, Joe was more of a move guys around, to see where people can be versatile. Um, and Bob Bull said is really just plugging guys in at one, one spot and allowing them to perfect that craft in that location, which I think has gotten really good feedback. But yeah, I think I think overall spring practice was underwhelming in the sense where we have a new offensive coordinator, but the offense didn't really look new, if that makes sense. It's always going to be kind of that Paul Christ. It's obviously newer spring practice is light with what they do with the playbook and things like that. So um It'll be different. It'll be interesting to see what gets put into the playbook and what maybe looks different come fall camp.
2: You, the man, Gil. All right. I want to sneak a question in about just regarding our defense. We've had a top 10 defense for quite a few years, or what seems to be. How long do you think we can keep hold of Jim Leonard? Because I feel like every, towards the end of every season, there's an NFL team interested. I feel like it's a matter of time. He gets offered a big contract to go to the NFL.
3: I think him during turning down the Packers defensive coordinator job at the beginning of last year is kind of a telltale sign of, I don't think we're going to lose him to the NFL. I think he prides himself on being a college coach. I do not want to lose him. I want him to be the highest paid defensive coordinator. Um, and that's, he got another raise, So he's continuously growing up on that, but I worry about more if, like a Michigan state were to open or Nebraska or Penn state someplace that has some clout with history, but yet not enough history to get the, you know, their top candidate, you know, head coach of this school, you know, similar to like what LSU did getting Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. Like some of those schools don't have those opportunities. And I think if Jim Leonard just keeps doing that, I worry more about you know, not necessarily a top tier, but uh, kind of that second tier school within the Big Ten or the Midwest uh, coming and snagging him. But he continues to turn down jobs in the NFL um, and other defensive coordinator jobs. Um, but my biggest fear is is losing an asset like him. I, I I love Paul Christ as a head coach. If we were to lose Jim Leonard is like the only time where I'm like, eh, maybe we could Get rid of him and slide in Jimmy for that location too. But I just don't really know what job he would take. He turned down the Packers. He's a Wisconsin kid. He had a good talented defense lining right up in front of him um, with a chance to to be a part of a younger coaching staff. And he turned that down. I think that is a telltale sign where we're gonna keep him unless you know one of them kind of story more storied programs in college football comes and gives him a head coaching opportunity. So does
1: he give off the vibe that – or not even the vibe, but, like, what does he say about head coaching positions in college football?
2: Um,
3: He talks about having aspirations. Like, he, he doesn't hide the fact that, you know, he wants to continue to improve. He talks a lot about where he – when he turned down the, the Packers job, he talked a lot about that he just felt college was the right spot for him to coach at with the developmental aspect you know, bringing in young guys and teaching them the how to how to be quality NFL players, not necessarily coaching them once they get to the NFL. I mean, he definitely, I think, has head coaching aspirations, but I don't think he's gonna leave for Illinois or Purdue. I think it's gotta be something with a little bit more history and clout for him to, to dip out and go to a different location. Hopefully he
0: just bites it out and becomes Wisconsin's head coach eventually, but
3: yeah. But, I mean I, I like He's not
1: that.
3: If Paul Chris was in his like late sixties, maybe early sixties, it might be different. But I don't think he's that old. I don't know his age, but
1: well, so Paul Chris played for Alvarez,
3: right? No, Paul Chris is fifty-eight. Yeah, Paul Chris was much earlier than Alvarez. I just guessed his age, (laughs) but I think I
0: nailed it. Yeah, no, I I don't have much to add to that, but yes, I I'm super glad that uh Leonard hasn't left us yet and yeah, we'll see the opportunity cuz it would yeah. suck to see him like at Michigan or Michigan State but
3: perhaps uh our uh outside linebacker's coach Bobby April turned down the defensive coordinator position at Michigan. That's a rumor. Um, I know he, he was a candidate, but rumor has it that he turned that down to stay at outside linebackers. Coach. I don't know why um, yeah. that happened. but
1: Yeah, that'd be crazy if that was accurate, but let's hope it did, right? Yeah. Makes you feel um,
3: better.
1: <laughs> that's blood, baby. Yeah. Uh, where do we think –
3: who do we think is going to take the biggest leap forward next year? I think it's going to be Jack Nelson, the left tackle. Um, I think it's a little tough position to evaluate. I didn't, but uh, he played all over the place on the offensive line as a redshirt freshman last year, and they've established him as a left tackle. And this year, and he's just a massive dude. And apparently, he's just like mauling guys in practice. So I think um, he's going to take a big leap. And then I think this isn't necessarily a leap. I think he's always had it. But I think Trimmer DK is going to just become a a very popular target, very popular person in the Wisconsin fan base. Um, He was the main focus of receptions this fall or this spring for practice. He's been getting praised by his teammates for the last year and a half about just how talented he truly is. So hopefully I think um, he has a chance to take a big leap, but I think he's always kind of had that talent. Um, And then with Jack Nelson, just focusing on that left tackle position versus playing right tackle, right guard, Kind of getting moved around a lot in practice will allow him to really become a kind of a top tier offensive lineman, too. So those are my two big leap guys. Tim Ray is going to dominate. I think he's going to get uh, kind of that Aberderis, uh tight target share where he just, it sounds, it just feels like that's who we're always throwing to. I think he's going to be that, that guy this year. All right. And what would be the biggest leap forward
1: that would benefit the team? like one individual player that could
3: really benefit what the team is.
0: Yeah.
3: It's not even close. It's grammar. Uh, just finding consistency. Just kind of becoming the player that he puts on tape sometimes that makes you still know that he's going to be the Wisconsin starter. Guys like me who really follow don't aren't cramming for anybody else because we have seen him throw and, and make big time plays. I think he's got the arm strength. I think he's got the leadership skills and it's just he's got to stop turning the ball over but I don't want just that I want him to not only eliminate turnovers I want him to take a step talent wise where it's just he's starting to really put it all together and I think if he does that with our defense and our run game I, I do I think we are a very dangerous team and could really ramble off kind of an 11-1 schedule where we're we're having a puncher's chance against Ohio State we still we have to play perfect and they have to make mistakes, but if Graham Mertz becomes anything close to what we've been wanting him to be, and eliminates turnovers, I think we we have all the other intangibles on our roster to, every year to make a big, big leap like that. So it's got to be him as the answer. There's really no other answer to that question.
1: All right, so Graham Mertz takes a big step forward, um, probably gets drafted number one overall after next year. Um, what are the what's, what percentage chance is Arch Manning coming in?
3: I think Mike Doherty has a better chance of starting quarterback for Wisconsin than Arch Manning does. Um, I think it's a zero. The answer is zero, but the way that the Manning family is, is doing Archie's uh, uh, like recruiting is just very different. It's very quiet. It's very targeted. Um, they're looking for more than just winning national championships. They truly are looking for de- development, but the answer is probably less than zero. So I think if he comes to Wisconsin, he's going to start Keel.
1: I, I don't think that's really a question.
3: Um, I think that we would have to put together a $25 million NIL package for Archie Manning to come to Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, Fair,
1: fair a- enough. We'll offer the first case of Sun yeah Maybe,
3: yeah, maybe I, he's never Maybe if you just sent him a case and he got to experience just how just tasty a good sun drop can be. You got you to gotta find that hot day, though, when he's like, just after practice, had his water, and he needs a good sun drop. Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll have to send him one down. <laughs> We're uh, doing so, that. So you go to most of the home games, correct, Keel? Yep. Uh, which game are you looking forward to most in 2022?
3: Uh, As a home game or just in general? Uh,
1: Either way, I guess, if if it's an away game that you really want to be able to watch, right?
3: Uh, Yeah, I I always like that. I like the early season Ohio State test. I do really like watching us play Ohio State. Um, I think it allows our defense, especially when it's a little bit earlier on in the year, to just kind of show what it truly is. I think we've done a good job against them defensively every time we played them. We just can't really move the football unless we're getting big plays. We were able to a couple years ago, we had Jonathan Taylor and Cephas, who looks like he's going to be a pretty decent wide receiver in the NFL. But um, it just is a good measuring stick. I always like seeing how in a new year, especially with some of the turnover that we have on defense, like how our defense can step up and play a team like Ohio State. And we always get pressure on the quarterback. We've been hitting. We hit Justin Fields a lot when we played them and it just disrupted them and it allowed us to give us a chance. Um, and they always just seem to have a difference, uh, different gear in the second half that we can't necessarily do a full 60 minutes with, but, but I always like playing that game. It's usually an L, but it's the measuring stick for where we're truly at as a program. And especially in a year where a lot of young guys on defense are going to get to play. We're going to see if they're, they're ready and they're going to be NFL guys after their junior year, or if they're going to be redshirt seniors that. You know we're still able to hold on to. So I always like playing Ohio State. All right.
2: That's so, in the
3: shoe too. So, what's that? Is mean, that
0: in the shoe too?
1: So
2: yep.
0: could be. I don't know. Could be an answer. <laughs> yeah, good wax. <laughs>
1: I could be shutting <laughs> it off. <laughs> uh, all right. So, on a little bit lighter note, what will be the new Jake Ferguson is Barry Alvarez's grandson statement from uh football
3: 2022 this is a really tough question this might be the toughest question that you've said so what
1: is the what is the weird fact that we're going to learn about some some uh badger football player this year
3: kind of a cop-out but i think the answer is last year braylon allen was 17 i think that is still going to be like a narrative it's like he did this last year and he was still 17 i think we're going to hear that a ton this year and like or he's, or he's now just 18, but I still think that's going to be the narrative. And a lot of people are going to talk about it. It's going to be, it's like a tough question to answer because all of our outside guys are new. So nobody knows what they're going to talk about. And then all of our, our defensive guys, except for Nick Herbig are kind of fresh and new too. So I don't really know that much about like what a broadcast would talk about or their, their backgrounds. Um, it's. I, mean, I think it's Braylon Allen was 17 last year is going to be what's talked about.
1: Yeah. Or maybe like he is only 18 now, like he just turned the youngest up. 18 year old to have this many yards. I I could
3: see that. Being a case. Yeah.
1: All right, Andy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I think we learned a lot about what, what kind of happened in the spring and where badger football is sitting. So, we really appreciate you coming on answering our questions, playing our little games with us. So thank you very yeah. much.
3: I appreciate it. Um, I texted Mike after you guys had me on the first time with the recruiting topic. And uh, I texted him and I said, this has been my favorite thing to do for 10 years and nobody's ever asked me about it. So it was one of the best best hours of my life. Um, and then this was a great time as well. So I appreciate it, guys.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Kiel. You're the man, dude. You... You know your shit, you're our badgers go-to guy.
3: We'll be we'll be
1: calling in the fall again, don't worry.
3: I think <laughs> I, I proved myself to be well rounded. I, I do think I crushed the sporting event draft as well. So I think I, I showed some versatility tonight. So yeah, no, you crushed that one too. I definitely did not
0: crush that. <laughs>
3: uh I think you did better than your uh than your master's lunch or dinner. Takes that you guys had. I did want to. Oh, I was kind. Of, that was the that was the setup for the uh concession stand
1: one too, and I kind of forgot to get you into it.
3: that couldn't have sounded more like the River Run guys from Sparta with your cheese curds and like <laughs> like a buffet style for the fanciest meal of the year for the <laughs> fanciest sport, and you went like OK Corral or whatever Golden Corral.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't say Golden Corral. It's a step above Golden Corral. Oh. But it's still a buffet. Uh, I love it.
3: You could have nobody even said like a, a good like supper club old fashioned or like a fish fry. Like if you wanted to stick to down home Wisconsin, you could at least got that fancy nine dollar fish fry down at you know down the at the Legion in Wilton, huh? <laughs> Get the poor man's lots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Good points there, but Yeah, I just want a buffet. I want old country buffet back back to its prime. I think you (laughs) went double buffet, buffet, if
3: I remember correctly. You went like buffet for dinner and then like an ice cream buffet option.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I did because that's exactly what I love.
3: That's great. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Pats, congrats, congrats, man. Happy for
0: you. Yeah, no. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for coming on. You're always great, so we love you, buddy. We'll see we we are,
1: appreciate it. it. Right. Thank
2: you very much. All right, let's
0: roll into this one. I don't know what you guys have. I'm really All right, so we had room. a we you had know, a pretty
1: okay. busy week in Wisconsin sports for what pe- everybody considers kind of like a down time of the year, right? So, we had the the Green Bay Packers draft. They had 11 total picks. Um, What I'm going to do is just kind of run through them real quick. You guys can give me your overall consensus of what you thought. I like that a lot. All right. So, we had Quay Walker and Devontae White in the first round. Christian Watson in the second round. Sean Ryan in the third. Romeo. Dubs in the fourth, um, and now I don't know exactly where these guys fall. Zach Tom, Kingsley, and, Gar- and, and Nagbari, I think we're both fifth-round picks. Tariq Carpenter, Jonathan Ford, Rasheed Walker, and Samori Torrey uh, were all seventh-round picks, I believe. Um, My overall thoughts on the Packers draft was that They did kind of what they always do. They find who they think is one of the top players in the draft. They scoop them up and it doesn't matter what position he plays. It doesn't matter really if he fits um, our, like our needs, but they'll scoop up a guy that's going to play in the league for a long time. Even if he needs to develop a little bit, like they're going to go get him. I really liked what, what they did on in the first round with Walker and Wyatt shoring up the defense, a high quality defense needs high quality players and going out and getting those guys right away was something I really liked. I really like the Christian Watson pick with, uh, I think it was number 34 overall traded both 53 and 59 to the Vikings to go up and get them.
0: Yeah, no, and Mike's are kind of a draft guy. In uh, this, this was gonna be my like. So Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. I I'm curious, like your thoughts behind that pick because it seems like we had something like motivated behind that. Like there was a a time bomb clicking, like where we needed to trade up to get that guy. And we weren't going to take him in the first round. It's, I love that pick. I But I also have too much faith in the Packers, like being smart enough to like do that.
1: So athletic. So from the things that I've read and the things that I've heard is that he has the size, the speed, the athleticism that the Packers are looking. I believe that it's called like a RAS score, R-A-S. And they rank it out of 10, right? So if you're a 10, you're the number one player at that position, that it's like relative athletic score, I think is what it is. And he was number one. He's the number one wide receiver for overall athleticism from whatever drills they use to create that number. The Packers really like that number. And then they tried to move into the first round to the number 32 pick with the Vikings, but the Vikings wouldn't move that because then they know they, that the Packers get a fifth-year option basically for free, right? You pick up that fifth-year option. You don't have to re-sign him for big numbers. You get to re-sign him on his rookie deal, whatever that number that works out to
0: Yeah.
1: for his fifth year. And so mm-hmm. the Vikings kind of – you know, messed with the Packers, but that's fine. You know, like you mess with the Packers now and in five years, you'll still be losing. We're cool with that. We'll deal with it. Right. So I think Watson fit their mold and they had to jump up to get him. I think they would have jumped up if they thought he was going to go in at 25. I think they might've jumped to 25.
0: Yeah. It looked like they wanted that guy. So that's what I liked about that pick. And Christian Watson was like, it was like they had their guy and they got their guys. So, and I feel like Mike, you touched on that, like before the draft even happened, it was like, let's go defense, defense. And then if this guy falls to us, we're good to go. And looks like we got, what we thought we wanted at least.
1: And so to be fair in the uh, draft that I did for let's talk sports and for us here, I took uh, Devonte Wyatt with one pick. I took Christian Watson with a pick and I took Zach Tom with a pick. So I did pretty okay in terms of, like, actually hitting on guys that we took. Now, Zach Tom, I think I took at a different pick for them. Christian Watson, obviously, was, like, 53. Um, And then Devontae White, I think, was 22. Those are guys that I knew the Packers would be taking, and so I had to scoop them up. You know, I'm a genius is what I'm trying to get at. Um, Overall, I think what we did in terms of the – draft was when we get into like the third round we take that Sean Ryan we're taking guys of need uh Romeo Dubs I think is a guy that probably relates really well to what MBS was doing um, he's also a special teamers um filling Zach Tom fills offensive line needs Kingsley and Gabre was in in uh, in uh Bari Something like that. I don't know. I can't say it. I'm like, I'm not sure that I'm even getting it right. I'm just sounding it out. So, uh, but he's a guy that I saw go for mock drafts in the second round. So I'm going the second round quite frequently. Um, Not really a hundred percent sure why he fell. Our seventh round guys, I'm hoping are um, players that contribute on special teams.
0: Yeah, so Jonathan Ford D tackle and then whatever. So the the contributor on special teams would be Samari Tour but
1: and Dubs Dubs is too. So he was a returner and a gunner for Nevada. From what I understand or he can play both of those things. So maybe at one point in his college career, he was, he was doing that. So a defensive end could be a guy that plays some special teams offensive line depth would have helped with punt blocking and things of that nature. I'm okay with picks like that. Yeah. Right. Hopefully there's almost no way all 11 of these guys make the team, but let's hope they do.
2: And I think something that we learned, I feel like a few years ago, we would have been so thirsty for a wide receiver with those first two picks. But we've learned to trust Gunta uh, Kunz so much in improving our team. And I don't know. I feel like the general like reception of the draft has been a lot more favorable with I mean, if this was, same draft would have happened three years ago, I feel like we kind of would have freaked out with not getting a wide receiver with that first, one of those first two picks. But I feel like we proved over and over again that our front office fine, not finally, but they know what they're doing with those picks, regardless with what the media says. And I, and I don't, I'm not saying the media is having a negative like outlook, but I just, It feels good to have, like, a good draft, and everybody agrees it's a good draft without needing to get a high-end wide receiver. Like I said probably a couple episodes ago. but
0: No, and it shored up that defense like crazy. And, I mean, if you look into, like, past drafts, like where you draft guys off of, like, a generational – defense like georgia was last year like it tends to work out like in your favor because you got ed reed and ray lewis coming out of miami and i don't know like i like that it's like let's make it happen on defense before we make it happen on offense and we have aaron Rodgers, so hopefully the christian watson pick can can pan out so but i was just impressed at like how intrigued and how in depth you guys went into the draft last episode i thought you guys did a pretty good job like i was like damn like <laughs> they're actually looking at shit but i i know mike had been doing shit in the past too like on let's talk sports or whatever it be like talking, talking draft stuff. But, but yeah, no, I want, I wanted to give you guys a shout out for that. Like, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. They actually look in the draft cause I don't give a shit about the, the draft cause it doesn't really, I mean, it definitely matters, but like you definitely can't tell until whatever Six years down the road, three years down the road, yeah, four years down the road. Like, like, really, what people should do is like take these people's draft classes and like what they thought, and then rate them five years later. But nobody does that. Nobody holds any of these like draft analysis like accountable. And I mean maybe once in a blue moon. And it's usually the quarterbacks that that they hold accountable to that shit. But but no, I was I was very impressed by you guys. So go I work. like it. Let's rip
1: apart some draft moves.
0: Yeah. No. Go exactly. back
1: and get when they gave us a B because they took uh Rashawn Gary. Yeah, fuck you. That was a great pick idiots
0: yeah and and that's the things like i'm i'm at least i don't know if smart enough would be the right word but like at least intelligent enough to like not touch that draft stuff like i'm like all right we could deal we'll we'll deal with that like so but anyways since the last episode, too. What, what when was the last episode? Of the Bucks, uh,
1: the Bucks like, were in like game four, so they had not finished out yet. Uh, since then, they finish off the Bulls and beat the Celtics in game one. And for me, like the biggest surprise of game one with the Celtics, so we beat the Bulls. Um, uh, Middleton goes out, has a knee injury, and we come out and we just say, now we're going to play defense, and we're going to really stop it. And we did, right? Um, I feel like you could have just given us that effort all four games, then I would have been right in my bucks in 16. But just kind of the way it goes. The biggest thing I took away from the Celtics game is they quit with like two minutes to go. They're down 12 or 14, something like that. And that game's not out of reach. It's a hard game to win. Don't get me wrong. But they quit. They knew they weren't going to win with two minutes to go. and They pulled their starters and they just kind of let the game go.
0: I don't think in the NBA playoffs you should be doing that. I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it like that, like that they quit or anything, but like – Holiday was on one. Giannis was Giannis. And Bobby Portis has stepped up and just been way better than the last playoff run. So, it's like him and
2: I was going to say Tucker. Or say that again. Grayson Allen.
0: Yeah, Grayson Allen, too. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's That's been huge.
2: Uh, I just, I feel like it's finally good to like. So, a lot of championship teams, they're known to, if a player is injured or like if they're missing a piece or say they trade away a piece, somebody steps up in those dynasty runs. And I'm not saying this Bucks run is a dynasty run by any means, but it's, it's, it's cool to see somebody step up. It's, it's, feels good to like know that we still can pretty we can beat the celtics without our second best player and without a player that is known to be a player we need so i it it just gives us confidence going forward i think even going forward past this series if we get past the celtics if he's some for some reason out um these players are hitting shots it just I don't know. I'm all in on this team again. I think we're all we're hitting our peak at our right time without our best player. If he gets that into the mix later on, that's even better. But I think that that was an exciting win that gives us a lot to uh look up forward. No.
0: And I almost think you're right though, is like we kind of got a team. In Milwaukee, like if Middleton's healthy, like where they can make a run of a couple championships. Like they did it last year. Like it's almost uh, this this would be like way too biased and like way too early to say, but like it's like how Golden State did it. Like they drafted the right people, they had the right people in the right places, like. We we have Giannis, so that like covers up a lot of like mistakes and and whatever could go wrong. Bobby Portis steps up, and that's like I don't know. Like I don't know if you guys watched the Warriors game, but like Pool stepping up for them, like it was it was phenomenal to see that. Like it's just. Was the next man up to to like clinch this championship? But I think the Bucks winning Game One in the Celtics series such a game breaker is like I know Riley's very hot and cold with the Bucks. Like he'll jump off that bandwagon like <laughs> the first time he sees a a three pointer jacked up like. And it goes in from the other team. Like Riley's like, oh, we're not winning this game. But, but yeah, no, we got something to sit back and hold tight to. And it's been, it's super nice to have been a Bucks fan for, I don't know, <laughs> since Sam Cassell, Tim Thomas, and Glenn Robinson were, were running the show. Like such a satisfying team to watch
2: yeah i and even i would like to think as myself as a big box fan but i mean i've only been paying attention from the you know the early mid 2000s so i couldn't even imagine what like this feels like overall to you guys because i'm used to like if we make the ac that's like good and i feel like even before that time period like that wasn't even a conversation. So, like, even having a stable success, like, is just a breath of fresh air for basketball in terms of the Bucs.
0: Yeah. No, it's beautiful, dude. Because, yeah, I was at the Bucs in six uh, game, like, where Brandon Jennings was, like, the Bucks and six thing. I didn't yeah, even know so he said it. And I was at that game and it was game four against the Miami heat in Milwaukee and Miami just crushed us. But yeah, no, it's, it's it's a beautiful thing to see like how well this Milwaukee team like has gelled and is such a good team.
1: Yeah. So we lived through some like shitty basketball too. I mean, so before Ray Allen gets there, and granted, I'm in like I'm like a freshman in high school, maybe, maybe even a little bit younger than that when Ray Allen gets there. But before that, they were like dog shit, dog shit. They were like bad, bad. And then after that, they were bad for a while too. So probably Dude, from we had like,
0: Sidney Moncrief. That was like the
1: '80s, man. Come on. <laughs> so in NBA Jam, when I was playing with the men, in NBA Jam, when I was like eight, they were the second worst team. The Mavs, them and the Mavs, were the worst teams. So, yeah, uh, on the NBA Jam, that's what I judged my
0: basketball <laughs> off of <laughs> at the time. So, but no, but yeah, it was a, it was a refreshing. Game to see, and then the Warriors, Memphis that's going to be a battle in the West. So, if we get any of those teams, they're going to be battle tested, but they're going to be tired. So, hopefully, they clean up the Celtics quicker than expected. So, And, and so, what
1: then we have either Philly or the Heat.
0: Yeah, 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 okay. Good yeah, job, so, Mike.
1: I know I know who these guys play every time. I don't just know the winners, I know who they play too. <laughs> um yeah, I feel like in the East we're okay and in the West I don't know the the Warriors feel more and more like a Really like substantial,
0: very, very good team. Yeah. That, with Poole Stefano. Yeah. That's, that's dangerous. Yeah. So I, I feel guess. like,
1: I feel like they're scarier now. But I am worried.
0: Bucks in 17. Yeah. But no, that's, that's all I was going to say is like the way Poole's playing with uh, Golden State. Damn, man, he's he's not quite the best player on the team, but he's about to be. Like that's that's what it looked like to me. And I guess if the Bucks got to deal with Clay Thompson, a shell of, yeah, I wouldn't say a shell of Clay Thompson, but like not the Clay Thompson that that was winning championships, not the. Curry that was winning championships but Poole that looks like the, ne- the next guy that's going to be winning a championship like yeah and it, and it was cool to see in Golden State like versus uh, versus Memphis because uh what's his name Morant yeah ja, ja was just on fire,
1: but, well, he had to sit he, game
0: one, didn't he? Uh, he didn't sit the game I was watching, so no, he didn't. He definitely didn't have to sit game one
1: for some reason. I thought he got suspended for doing some stupid shit on the logo for
0: the Timberwolves. No, uh, I'm trying to think. So I'm pretty drunk right now, guys. Give me a break.
2: I don't. Yeah, I don't think uh, suspended for that. Let me look real quick for you guys.
0: No, it was the big boy. I want to say Durant, but obviously it wasn't Durant. Uh, Draymond. Draymond Green got kicked out of the game for throwing a punch. So yeah, I did. I did see that as well.
2: Green did. No, I was watching that
1: one. Yeah, he played and then. Like, got kicked out early in that game, right? It, it oh,
2: wasn't that yeah. He did get kicked like out. Third yeah. Quarter. He, yeah. 17 minutes. So, yeah, probably third quarter.
0: Yeah. But, anyways, Draymond Green gets kicked out. That's about as much as we know about the NBA, guys. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, Bucks and 17. That's what I know yeah. about the NBA. Bucks and 17. There we go. What are we moving to next, Mike? All right. So the Brewers uh, went five and one last week, uh, swept the Pirates, and took two uh, two out of three from the Cubs. Basically, their pitching has remained dominant. When their bats get hot, they're going to win a lot of games, right? So when they get when they get a good hitting performance, they're going to win most of them games. That's big. They won five in a row and lost the last game of the Cubs series. Like to see two sweeps, but they have today off.
2: Yeah. And Willie Adonis, I don't know his exact stats, but he was the NL player of the week. I think he had like four home runs, a couple of, or I don't know how many RBIs, but he was NL player of the week. So it helps having a stud like that, too. Um, I hope Yellis gets, I don't know, starts playing at least decent enough. I don't know. I feel like if we get a few hots playing average as they should, we should be a playoff team.
0: And I feel like baseball is like the hardest game to talk about. Is yeah, just because like it's such a long season and like hot and cold. Like our pitching so good, and and like you guys said last week, Willie Adams. If if Willie Adams <laughs> plays good, but I'll give Mike a break on that. He's a uh, he's a father, so they need to be able to uh, say at least one player's names wrong. But like if Willie Adams keeps hitting like he hits, and and like Riley was saying, if like Yelich just turns into a shell of what he used to be. Man, that, that team's going to be hard to deal with. If you have, yeah, Wong at the top of the lineup. you got a big, fat Wong.
2: McCutcheon, Rowdy Tellez.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: I, I would yeah, like I, to
1: de- I, defend myself I think that Adams team. thing. So, like, I read that name all the time and have, like, generally just said Adams. And kind of in the back of my head knew it was Adamus. <laughs> and I checked with Roy- Riley. I was like, Riley, this is Adamus right before I read it off. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then I read it. He goes in and says, "Adams." I'm like, fuck, I know I said that.
2: <laughs> 100%. And I, I think we were talking about either Devontae Adams or the draft or like the Packers. So I, I could definitely <laughs> see that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but
1: like. Like I knew I was gonna read it as that. Like cause I have like all the time. If I read it on Twitter, I always read it as Adams and like just kind of know that it's Adamus, right?
0: I Mike, like your father now. You can you can get one wrong. Once your kids are old enough to be embarrassed about it, though, you get two. So also I can I can Mike, just keep moving forward. You're doing good. My dad's biggest one I ever remember is he would never get CeCe Sabathia's name right. He would call him CeCe Sebastian. And I'd be like, Dad, we're at the game right now. CeCe Sabathia's pitching. Like, just please don't say what you think his name is out <laughs> loud. Like, <laughs> like, give me a break on this one. But but yeah, like, like Mike gets a break. The Brewers are gonna be good. Corbin Burns pitched a gem and lost the game. Like it was one, one bad pitch. I think it was I'd be pulling from my brain if I if I said the Cubs player that was right, but it was like yeah. painter or something, knocked one out of the park and the Brewers won two, two nothing, and that's and that's in the stretch that Mike said the Brewers won five and one, so they lost their last game, and Corbin Burns threw one bad pitch that got knocked over the fence, like a curveball that I don't know, it didn't didn't even hang that much, like so it it was doing the right thing, but
1: our pitching staff is nasty and like. That's a recipe for winning baseball games in the majors.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, we've heard it before. We've seen Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, all them boys, young, young Kim <laughs> tossing gems. All right, that's talking baseball. What do we got next? All right, we're going back to the onion bag
1: with Riley.
2: Yeah, so uh, two soccer games we had FC Dallas play a f- another kind of favorite team of ours. We were deciding between and Sporting Kansas City tied two to two. Um, that's all I really know about it. <laughs> um, then Tots, our other team, they're still an important race to get Champions League next year. They won an important game three to one. Still kind of in a win out situation, but uh, four games left, and that should be exciting for the rest of the season.
0: Are we turning left or are we going to hockey?
2: All
1: right, we're turning left with uh, with Mike. Um, so Martin Truex Jr. finishes 12th at the Duramax Dry Dean 400 at the Dover International Speedway, uh, which went on a rain delay on Sunday and then it finished up today. Uh, after 78 laps on Sunday, he was in fourth place, I think, and uh, just dropped into 12th. I didn't see where he finished yet today, but
0: I just appreciate how much you actually dove into Martin Truex
1: Jr. Man, this this guy is my new life. That's all I pay <laughs> attention to. Uh, he sure is uh, handsome. All right, so Grunt with Pat, got anything on the
0: horizon for tennis? Yes, so Riley Opelka is playing in the uh, (laughs) shout-out-your-butthole tournament in Taipan, and he looks like he's doing pretty good. So right now he's playing the 64-seed. Uh, if he wins two matches, he's going to run into Nadal at some point. It looks like he's got a good shot against Nadal. He's he's beat him one time in the past. The shout-out to your butthole, he's, he's been a very good player in the shout-out to your butthole. So, so, Riley Opelka in the shout-out to your butthole. Put some money on it. Uh, he's going to shout-out to your butthole. So,
1: playing right. pretty good. I like it. I like it. Um, so golf. I looked at this. Um, so um, whatever
0: golf. Yeah, the Mexico. Yeah, the Mexico Open. I think it's the Mexico yeah. Open.
1: You mentioned that I could not find Gooch or Tringali on there anywhere. I assume that they didn't even play.
0: Probably not. I I have no yeah. clue. But
2: I'll take your word for it. They,
1: they I did not find be, them on the leaderboard, so I'd assume that they didn't play. Otherwise, they would have been first and second.
2: Yeah.
0: They so. might be playing in the shutout you butthole this, this weekend. So, that could right. be it. Uh, clap bombs with Pat. Got anything, Pat? So, I know, and I'm talking straight off the top of my head. So, the Nashville Predators dropped a game. That they couldn't drop, and they are going to be playing the Avalanche. So they are the second wild card team, I want to say. They're, they're basically the last seed in the playoffs, and they're going to be going against the Avalanche. So we're going to see how that plays out. I think they're going to beat them, they're going to steal the one seed, and they're going to roll into. The championship, but it looks like they dropped a game that they shouldn't have dropped and ended up in a place that they shouldn't be in. And that the Avalanche is a very good team that's going to be able to clean them up. But on the positive note, if they do beat the Avalanche, like I said, they can steal the one seed, they can roll. Roll the table, so.
2: And from what I I know, very so little on NHL. I think the Avalanche or the Florida Panthers are kind of the one seed, or yeah, like the, heavy are the Stanley Cup final favorite. So, tall task.
0: Yeah. So, but I th- I think hockey's that sport too, though. That like a team gets hot and they in a role. Cause I, I think there's been eight seeds to win, win Stanley cups before, okay. but so but I, I don't think Nashville's that team. Like, I think it's them. like, it's usually a like hot team that like stole an eight seed. Whereas we were the Nashville predators. That's our team. We were like, the four seed, and we fell to the eight seed, and now they have to play the one seed. So, okay, doesn't look good, boys. Doesn't look good. They
1: they won two of their last three, and the only team they beat on their last three, the Avalanche. Lock it up, Ooh. Predators and four. <laughs> <laughs> I like it,
0: real cool, bud. Real cool. <laughs>
1: All right, you guys got anything else for our favorite
0: teams? No, we talked about Riley Opelka and uh shout out your butthole. And yeah, no, I think I think we hammered it home. All right,
1: before <laughs> we finish, hypothetical question of the week. If you were a WWE wrestler, would you rather be a heel or a baby face?
0: Oof.
2: All right, I'll start. Yeah. I, I at first I didn't even know what what that even meant. So you figured after it out some research. Yeah, I re, I figured out I want to be the heel. I want to be the villain. I feel like WWE is kind of the perfect sport for that. Um, it's kind of theatrical. You love you love a good villain, and they kind of make a name for themselves. So I I think it'd be kind of cool to be the villain in that situation.
1: Yeah. All right. So, no, I... so for me, um, I'm not positive what I would rather be. I think, like, the Rock's heel stage is so, so good, right? Like, that propelled, like, his whole career, him being, like, this massive heel for the WWE. But then, I, like, on the other hand, like, I really enjoyed Stone Cold as a babyface, right? And so... I think if, like, you could be a baby face the way Stone Cold was, where she's, he's, like, just pissing on, like, the company all the time, it's that. I would I would want to be, like, the Stone Cold style baby
0: face. All right. So I don't fully understand this question after yeah. the way Mike
2: answered <laughs> I know. that
0: question. Like, it's so like, would Did you, you want to be like a super badass or would you want to be like a super duper badass? Like- no. So, like,
1: there's heels and baby faces, right? So, like, heels are the guys that the crowd turns on.
0: Who's the baby face in Stone Cold then?
1: Stone Cold's a baby face. The crowd loves Stone Cold. And oh. The heel is, um, is uh, the rock because the crowd hates him because he's always saying, like, dumb shit to the crowd.
0: And I don't uh, think The Rock was, like, much of a heel, though. Early on, he was was definitely a heel, for sure. But, yeah, he turned into a hit. Like, I want to say, like, Mankind was a heel. The Undertaker was a heel. For sure, at times. Both those guys. Kane was a heel. Like... Yeah. So, if baby face means good guy and and heel means bad guy yeah i would way rather be a good guy i i like that so I you'd rather be, be, be the good. guy that the
1: crowd wants to come out. they're not booing you when you come out so razor moan is probably like the. i mean maybe it's because of his death but he's one of the most famous heels ever right um he always says like Good times never last, but bad guys always do, or something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe no, you guys I mean, are too young for Razor Ramon. Yeah, I am too young for Razor Ramon. I'm kind of proud of that because yes, I don't remember him. I remember Ray Mysterio Jr. <laughs> what? What was and he? Yeah, so, was so he Q. was Ray. like a
1: WCW guy for me. Like, and I can't remember. I think that he, he was a babyface with WCW, but I don't know. I don't ever remember him being like a powerhouse guy. He was always just uh, like a mid level guy. My yeah. Mind.
0: Yeah. No, he wasn't winning stuff. So if I had to pick the career of. So I like when people boo you on the road and cheer you at home. Like Yadier Molina. Is like the perfect like guy to me. Is like, like I fuck the guy, but like anywhere that guy goes, it's it's not good. So yeah, it's a tough question in wrestling. So
1: well, so you can develop a career as a heel and be very very successful. Right? Yeah, and it's no. all active. Where like no, Molina's like people really hate him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, but I like that about him. He's like if I if I was a player for a city, I would want you to just say like like fuck you. But wrestling wise I think you would make bank more in the heel department. But I just like being liked. So I would probably go with the baby face. One thing I will say about that, though, is like Willie Adamus is making enemies. That guy stares at his home runs (laughs) a little bit too much, even for my liking, and does something after it. Like, like, oh, buddy. Pat's (laughs) turning into an old man. I am. I am. <laughs> kind of like yeah. Carlos Gomez. No, he's nothing like Car- Carlos really? Gomez. Really? Yeah. He's – actually, I will – I'll walk that back. He's very much like Carlos Gomez, but Carlos <laughs> Gomez was, like, him in a different era. Like, Carlos oh, Gomez, oh. like, pumped his fist after he hit a home run. <laughs> and I was like, I'm cool with that. But Willie Adams is, like, jacking off and, like – uh <laughs> In the bath, like in the bathroom afterwards. Let's go. Like, I think he needs to tone it down, but I love him. I do love him. But he's going to make some enemies. And Yadier Molina is still in the league, so that's going to be one of his enemies. But babyface. I will take babyface. Sorry. Long-winded answer.
1: All right, so Babyface for Pat, babyface for myself, and heel for Riley. He wants to be the Grayson Allen of the WWE. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, oh, so speaking of heels, I would do want to kind of mention this when it comes to the Bucks. I feel like Grayson Allen is going to be the world's or the NBA's best heel of all time. Yeah. Everyone and is going him. to hate him except for Bucksman.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, no, I, agree. and I wouldn't even say that. I feel like maybe some Buck fans still hate him from the national championship game and that whole Duke run. I, I wouldn't say I'm one of them, but I could see it. I can no, see it. No, I too. got
0: past it. <laughs> it's not like Mike Hayden, Seattle 15 <laughs> years down the road from a pass that didn't get caught. So,
1: but anyways, that pat, what pass was caught. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, by <laughs> Russell Douglas caught that pass. Just, just,
1: I think it was M.D. Jennings. If I remember. It yeah.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, good pull. Good pull, Mike. But, anyways, this is the episode of banging on the drums. I'm sorry, I was hammered the whole time. Thank you for listening. We're going to be even better all the time. Just keep listening, boys.
1: Yeah, Thank I, you guys for listening. As I say each week, download on your phones, subscribe, download on your significant other phones, download on phones you find on the street. Just do it.
2: Riley. Yeah, ditto. Uh, keep downloading, keep listening. Um, Excited to see how the Bucks do in the playoffs. And excited for the Brewers season.
0: That's our cool dude giving you an out right there, your boy <laughs> Riley.
2: But oh, yeah. thank
0: you for listening. All you suckers that doubt the Bucks, Brewers, Packers, you can eat them. Just eat them. I'm sorry, I was, I was way too fucked up for this. All them suckers that doubted the Packers King Eat my shows. All them suckers that doubted the Packers King Eat my shows. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers King. Eat my shows.
1: Eat my shows.